Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. And we got lots of room up here. Brother Colton said to you guys, he won't even charge you for front row seats if you want to move up. <laughs> Look at that. Little persuasion. All right, Brother Colton, God bless you. Sorry, Brother Cliff, I, I forgot to get the earpiece on. So we're gonna have to we're just gonna have to bear with it. We're gonna have to we're in this together now. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate Pastor. Does anyone else appreciate their pastor? I do. My goodness, such a man of God. So thankful to have him in my life and with leadership. So thankful for you young people. Look at you guys. Man, I'm so glad you guys came up for free. I was almost going to pay you. I'd be like, I'll give you a dollar. You should have held out, but you didn't. So now let's, let's get a double blessing. Our portion of scripture today is going to come from Luke chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 4. My goodness, the craziness in the world, it's like, it's going to happen, right? This is what happens as the, Paul calls the days evil or expiring, and the closer you get to the end, the, the more craziness there is, but the earth is still his and the fullness thereof. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned, I'm not too worried, I'm still not like going to just run around willy-nilly doing whatever. You got to be watchful, you know, you got to be sober, you got to be vigilant, but... Amen. All right, Luke chapter 15. This context of scripture, it comes from a point where Jesus is gathering a bunch of people together that normal thinking people would never come to. You'd never bring these people near your home. You wouldn't want to associate with them. You wouldn't want to touch them. They were sinners and they're publicans. Publicans are, are tax collectors. Typically, they're Jewish tax collectors, uh, tax collectors collecting taxes. That's a, that's a crazy tongue twister there. You can try that for yourself later. Uh, but there are Jewish tax collectors collecting from Jews and giving them to the Romans. And they're, it's, you know, it's, it's a betrayal. But Jesus, a Jew, is sitting with them. He's sitting with these people no one wants to sit with. And some Pharisees get a little bit uppity about it. And he, Jesus, says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness? And go after the one which is lost until he finds it. I should probably pull it up in my Bible too. And he, when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. That's the important thing. He not only goes after it, but he finds it. He, our God is not a God that just keeps on searching and he can't find it. He can find anything. He can find you. He found me, praise God. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep, which was lost. Notice how he doesn't scold the sheep. He doesn't say, mm, I can't believe you got out again. He rejoices. We, we've had some dogs, or a dog, one dog. His name's Rico. Well, we have more dogs now. My parents, not me personally. I don't own dogs. It's a sad point in my life. But my parents have dogs. And we had this dog growing up. His name's Rico, named Uncle Rico, after the wonderful Napoleon Dynamite movie. Thank goodness. 
Uh, <laughs> it's a weird thing to say over a pulpit. But we had this dog, and he was a crazy dog. He, he had so much energy. He could catch frisbees like no one's business. He was so energetic. After we come home from church one time, we threw a toy down the stairs from go. He jumps from the top stair, and he jumps all the way down, and just a yelp. And, oh, and uh, we got him surgery, and that was like just a couple of months after we got the dog. We, I think my parents are still paying for that surgery. We don't even have the dog anymore. But he's such a fun dog. The, the thing... But he never, like, laid in my bed. I was so annoyed. I'm like, this dog will never hang out with me because he knows I don't have that energy. And uh, one, but one thing he did, he's, he ran away. He ran away all the time. All the time. He'd just run. As soon as a firework would happen, he'd run. He'd, get, he'd go crazy because they're loud and he doesn't like him. I'm sorry. You can sit down. I'm talking a lot. I don't want to keep you standing if you're standing. We're going to keep on reading. I just had got caught on a trail. But every time the dog came back... We never got mad at it. We're just happy he's back. We, we made sure it was like, hey, you scared us a lot. But we didn't say, no, sit outside for, for a week and think about it. Because the dog's not going to think about what he did. Are you kidding? It's a dog. They, they, know they, did, they know what they did wrong for one second. And then they're like, all right, we're back. <laughs> we're fine. I say all that to say, <laughs> God, the good shepherd will never scold the sheep for leaving. You're just happy you're back. And he's going to work with you so next so you build up that strength so that you don't have a next time you leave, right? It's a learning experience. Most of the punishment's going to be when you're outside of the flock anyways. That, that feeling of being alone and separated. So he said, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven, more joy than the one who rejoiced, but more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. It's great to have the 99. We love the 99. I'm so glad the 99's here today. But the shepherd's going after the one. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful day and this wonderful church that we have. That we're so blessed to be here. I ask that you anoint the word, anoint, let the, anoint the ears of those hearing the word, and let it work in our lives and give us some encouragement in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Brother Cliff, could you pull up that slide? The I forgot the full title of the message. I only wrote down half of it. The Lost Sheep and the Good Shepherd. A tale as old as time. <laughs> when there's sheep, there's a shepherd. <laughs> when there's, well, actually, that's not true. When there's shepherd, there's got to be a sheep. You can't have a shepherd without sheep. That just makes you a person wandering. You're just a vagabond. No sheep. You probably smell like a sheep, but you don't have any. The Lost Sheep and the Good Shepherd. Now, to be a little off topic, it is Valentine's Day. Speaking of which, please buy some, some chocolates, some chocolate strawberries and cake pops that go to a great cause. Anyways, it's Valentine's Day season. It's in the air. St. Valentine's is shooting arrows at everyone or something. I didn't do a lot of research into it. But it's the time of flowers and chocolates and, and love letters. And I want to talk about a little bit, if we can go on a tangent, the Bible, one of the Bible's greatest love letters, and it's not the one you're thinking of because I don't want to get into Song of Solomon. I can't handle it. It's, he, he compliments, like, her, her hair is like a flock of goats, which I think is a beautiful sen sentiment if I saw a beautiful flock of goats. But, you know, Solomon, he's off doing his thing. But I'm going to talk about a different love letter, a one that maybe you don't think of until you start reading it, and it's Psalms 119, the 119th Psalm. And it's wonderful. It is a love letter of the Bible talking to the Bible. It is, it is the word expressing in the word. And it's you don't see it fairly anywhere else in the Bible, how much this man, this, this psalmist, loves the Word of God. It is a relationship with the Word that I, 
I would love to have, and I'm working towards having. And that's what happens when you read your Bible every day and you, and you pray. You're going to learn to love the Word of God like this, especially if you keep these in your heart, these, these psalms. And it's, it's unlike this chapter, this psalm, is unlike just about any other scripture in the Bible. It's an acrostic poem. It's 22 sections, one section for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and in each section there is eight lines, eight stanzas. I don't know what a stanza is. Sister Corey, you're going to have to help us out later. Did I get it? Yay! Look who paid attention in school. <laughs> That's not even my major, praise God. But it's an acrostic poem, so that it's like uh, every letter of that, of that opening line starts with the same letter of its section. It's crazy deep. When you're reading in English, you don't get that. You don't understand because it's English, but this is Hebrew. It's wonderful. It's like a word puzzle, and each line was put together with purpose fashioned together so fitly to, to profess the, the wondrous works of the Word of God. One theologian said it was likely written over some period of time, later compiled, because there's not a definite flow of thought from beginning of the psalm to the end. The sections and verses are not like a chain, but they're like a string of pearls. Which each pearl has its own, own beauty and its own right, and it comes together in this beautiful line of wisdom, little pearls of wisdom, and all. It's wonderful. 171 of the 176 verses mention the scripture, so we're going to start at 1. I'm going to read all the way through to 176, and we're going to see what time the sun comes up, and uh, that will be when we know. <laughs> I'm just going to share with you a couple of some of my, the ones that always speak to me. Blessed are the, this is 119.1, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Amen. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies in that seek him with their whole heart. It's a blessing right off the bat. Nine, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, but by taking heed thereto according to thy word. If you have problems in your life, go to the word. If you have any issues in your life, go to the word. I think we're going to find a theme here. If you have anything wrong, go to the word. Because one nineteen eleven, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. 49 and 50, remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. The word will cause you to hope. If you're running out of hope, go to the word. If you're looking out at the song called Unholy, and you're like, is there any hope? Go to the word of God. You will find hope in this word. 50, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word has quickened me. If you need comfort, go to the word. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 133, I love this one. Oh, I think I put the wrong one in there. 133 says, order my step. <laughs> I hate the double-minded. I love that one. Man, if you're double, get out of here, you two-minded person. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's, I mean, it's in the word. <laughs> 133 is what I meant. Sorry, Cliff, that's on me. Uh, order my steps in thy word. Order my steps in thy word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. In these 176 verses, we see a person through thick and thin, through the trials and tests of their life, cling to a hope that they can only have through the law of God. They didn't even have the full word. We are so blessed to have 66 books compiled together in just such great detail and fashion throughout the ages, every single author complimenting each other, nothing being split, nothing contradictory. It was put together. The Bible says in, uh, well, Paul says to Timothy, the word is God-breathed. Every scripture is God-breathed. Can you imagine? 
You know, this was kind of God breathed us. <laughs> the breath of God into our lungs were formed out of clay. The word and us have such similarities. But this word is here for us to help. And this man probably only had the, the Torah, the first five books of the law. He had a couple other things. We're so blessed to have its entirety. Through every trial and test with the enemy in his ear, he still gave reverence and honor to the word of God. But there's one scripture to me in this passage that sticks out, and it's not quite like the other ones. We see reverence to, to incredible works of God. We see, we see how much I love the word. How many times did he say, teach me thy statutes? This is a man calling after God. And this one final call, Psalm 119, 176, says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. This is the longest portion of the Bible that we have, the longest straight chapter, 176 verses. And 175 of them show a man who's clinging to the word, and then one shows the purpose of this. He's lost, aren't, but aren't we all? I see here a man who has grown up with the scriptures in his heart and still he finds a way to leave the flock. And I just want to encourage you that that might happen. It's a sad reality, but, but the most important thing is, if we read in our first passage, that you don't have to stay out of the flock forever. It serves as a reminder uh, to anyone who can love the word so much and still get lost sometimes. You're not, you're not going to get everything right. I, I heard this in a podcast today that you got to choose the process over perfection because perfection is, you're only going to get that in heaven. We're working towards perfection. God said, be ye perfect for I am perfect. But that, now, that's not just a commandment that if you're not perfect, you're out of here. It's an invitation to perfection. That's an invitation that if you're in this process with me, if you follow me, follow the shepherd, I'll lead you somewhere better in heaven where there's no tears, no suffering, no sorrow, no pain. So I, I just want to speak to you if, if anyone has felt like they've fallen short, that's okay. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I just also want you to know that our shepherd is not going to leave you out there. He's going to come find you. Not in a scary way, like he's going to find you, but he, he going to find you. <laughs> he's going to keep on looking. He's going to seek after you. The, the author of this psalm is uh, not known. It's not given, you know, the name. A lot of the psalms have names. Many think it's David, and I could definitely see the similarities. But I kind of selfishly like the unknown writer. This unknown person gets all this, all this Bible written by himself. Because it speaks to that it's not about who knows your name in 2,000 years, 3,000 years. It's not about the people that knew the author of 119. It's just the knowledge that anyone can have this relationship with God. Anyone. And I, 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 if it's David, you can see his relationship through God through these passages. But even if it isn't David, anyone could have a 119 relationship with God. Anyone can love this word. Anyone can search it out. And anyone could still get lost. But... This is, uh, Brother Clemson, this is out of context. I took a scripture out of context. I just, after I read 176, I was feeling a little down. Like, man, how did, 
like a sheep have gone astray, like a lost sheep. But then I read the next verse, Psalm 121. I didn't, read, I didn't even write this down because I was too nervous to say that I'd take a scripture out of context. It says, in my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Thank you, Sister Corey, on Sunday. God will hear you in your distress. I know the next psalm goes on and talks about different things. But in your distress, if you cry out to God, like a lost sheep in the wilderness, he'll come find you. He'll come seek you out. And he'll come bring you back. God doesn't want to leave you out there alone. He doesn't want to leave you to the wolves because the best flock is a full flock. We want everyone in our flock together, and God is going to be is orchestrating that. He's going out and seeking. So I want to give you encouragement. If there's anyone in your life who has who has left the flock, God is still out there. He's still out there calling to them. God is the shepherd who would leave the ninety-nine to find the one. But in order, you know, to give you a little bit of protection, a little bit of hope, even more hope, because this gives me incredible hope to know that God will seek out after anyone, after anyone. He's always seeking. He's always calling. John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking, and uh, starting with the first one that I got you. He's talking to a bunch of people about his relationship. We get this incredible I am statement. I am statement that relates back to Exodus in the burning bush, this I am, that would res- surely resonate with these people who knew, about, um, who knew about Moses' conversation with God. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Move on to the next one, please. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. And the other sheep which I have are not in this fold, whom also I must bring in. They will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I, that is in context of, of us who are not Jewish, thank goodness. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I've never heard audibly the, the voice of God. That's crazy. That's, you're talking craziness, Colton. I've, I've, I've prayed so much, I've never heard. I've never heard the voice of God audibly and shaking the windows in the room and it's deep and it's like Colton I've never heard that but I hear God every day through this that's why we have this thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee that is the voice of God that he has given to us so that we can find our loss we in our when we're lost even when we're found we can still know where the good shepherd is in our hearts if we have this word close to us and he knows them. You're not unknown of God. You're not like another 119 writer. You are very well known of God. He knows exactly where you are. You can't hide from him. He'll always, he'll always be seeking you out and, find, and trying to, not trying, he knows where you are. Not in a scary way again. Sorry, that sounded scary. <laughs> he, will, he will find you. And they follow me. Truly hearing the voice of God is following God. Truly being, I mean, maybe that's not true. I got ahead of myself. Is this, is this true? This is true. All right. We're confirmation in the spirit, praise God. <laughs> but truly hearing the voice of God, because you can listen, like you can hear things, but if you're not following it, there's no point in listening for it. God is always out there. And he's, his eyes go to and fro across there, seeking after a heart completely after him. He's always looking. He sees you in your moments of your dire despair and in need, when the enemy's all around you, when people are lying about you, when people are making fun of you because of, of the God you serve or the scripture you read or what you do on a Sunday. God is always looking for you, and he's always looking out for you too. 
when you have a firm foundation in the word, there's no place far enough away where you can go where God can't find you. So listen to his voice. And I've, I've had, I have friends, I didn't lose them, I still have them, who grew up in the same youth group with me. And they're not currently in, involved in my, in, in my parents' church. And it, it's sad a little bit. And I had a conversation with them the other day. And they said, like, oh, just church isn't for me. And I'm like, but it is, you know. <laughs> it is for you. That's kind of why church is there. It's a fellowship of believers. And they believe in God, but they just, they're wandering. They're wandering. No, and I'm not saying anything to their lifestyle. I'm just saying that they know where they should be. I'm not saying that you, gotta, you have to be at church every Sunday. I'm saying you got to listen to the word of God in your life. you got to listen to the voice. you got to have someone over you to help you out. That's why God gave us pastors, so we can have good shepherds in our life, to watch out, to pray for us. And my parents still pray for them like crazy. They didn't just lose them, just drop them out like, hey, <laughs> forget you. No, no, we're still searching for them. And they know the word. So I have hope. In this, I have hope that they're going to find a way back home. They are like sheep lost and astray, and sometimes they don't know the path. It's tough when you're sheep. Sheep don't have a GPS. <laughs> they don't have Google Maps to go to, or they don't even have Apple Maps if they get desperate. They don't have anything. <laughs> they just, they're just wandering. They're lost. They're kind of dumb. <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'm a sheep sometimes, is most of the time, 90% of the time, and I'm woolly good at it too. <laughs> I get lost sometimes. I get left to my own devices, and I, and I flee. And there's been many times in my life where if it wasn't for the word of God that I heard when I was young, when I was in the youth group, when I was just listening to lessons every Wednesday or whatever, sometimes the only one in my youth group, so, you, so maybe a young person will get a little bit of hope. Hey, there's, we, got like, we got more than one, so that's great. But those scriptures that even if you're not even reading the Bible every day, just the scriptures you hear, that would come to me and be like, all right, I got it. I'm in. I'm back in. I'm getting closer. That's the voice of God reaching out in your life, seeking after you. So listen to his voice. Remember the word in your life. There's a, there's a scripture that I didn't uh, reference in 119 where it says, I remembered the Lord in, in the midnight hour, in your deepest darkest, when you think no one else is around and you just feel at your lowest. If you just remember the name of the Lord, that will give you hope. There's no other name given unto men under heaven whereby we must be saved. There's power in the name of Jesus. That word can make darkness tremble. It can make demons flee. Not it can, it will. When you understand the power with it, there's power in this word, this word alone, this Bible put together. I, I heard a story one time, I've probably told it before, of this young girl. She just got to Sunday class. This is her like fourth day in Sunday school, fourth week. And there's a tornado going through her town. She got gifted a Bible. And she remember the preacher said, if I stand on the word, if I stand on the word, I'm not going to be shaken. So a tornado coming through, ripping through. She doesn't go to the bomb shelter. She doesn't go to the tub, I guess. I've never been in a tornado. I don't know how it works. Uh, you don't go to the police? Did the police stop him? No. Uh, she put down the Bible and she stood on it. She literally stood on the word. The tornado went right around her house. There's power in this word. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the voice of God. The good shepherd is always going to be looking out for you, even when you feel like you're too far away. There's no place far enough you can go. Scary thought. Like, I can out, you can't outrun God. You can't even begin to try. I don't care what you did. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what you did last night. It's all about what God can do for you right now in the very moment, in the very instant. 
Peter thought he really messed up. Peter thought he was done for. He, uh, he was God's right-hand man. He was in the core. He was in the group of us three. He was ready to build a house for God. He was that close. He's like, I'm going to do it. And then he even says, like, I'm never going to deny you. And then all of a sudden he finds himself denying God. That's, I've, I've never said I'm not going to do something and immediately do it. That's, that couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. It was, it is me sometimes. A lot of times, most of the time. It was Peter in this moment. He felt low and he heard that Jesus was raised to life. And, you know, he heard about all these things, but he just got up one day and said, I uh, even talked to Jesus. And he said, I'm going to go fishing because I've messed up so bad. I don't care that Jesus is back. There's nothing I can do. I'm just going to go back to what I used to do. So he went a fishing, brought some people with him. This is one of my favorite stories. I've told it before, but I feel like it's so applicable here. And what does he do when he's a fishing? He, ca- he catches nothing, first of all. Not even a cold. He couldn't even catch a cold. He, he had no shirt on. He couldn't catch a cold. It's nuts out there on the Sea of Galilee. In uh, John, it calls the Sea of Tiberias. I looked that up today. I was like, I've never heard of the Sea of Tiberias. It's Galilee. Yeah, the more you know. That's a little nugget you can store away for later at a... Kind of like a quiz, a Jeopardy. I don't know what you're doing with your time, but, you know, now you have it. <laughs> Peter, a veteran fisherman, he, he could fish with his eyes closed and hands tied behind his back. He could do it. He can cast a net. He can mend a net. He Shirt on, shirt off. He'll do it. I don't know, you know. He's on this boat, and he's catching nothing. Absolutely zilch, not, not, a, not a fish in the boat, not one, until he hears a voice. A voice on the shore, a voice far away from him, a voice that he, I don't even know if he would want to hear it at this moment, but he heard a voice, and he didn't really understand, and it said, uh, Jesus said to them in 21 and 5 of John, children, have you any meat? They said, no, and then Jesus said, cast to the other side, and they did, and they caught up so many fish, a great amount. It even listed how much it was. I'm going to find it. So many fish. You can look that up later. That's your homework assignment. If I thought it was that important, I would have written it down. So they catch all these fish, and John's like, you know who that is, right? That guy sitting over there. That's Jesus. So Peter doesn't even, like, he doesn't wait. He just jumps in. He starts swimming. I love what Pastor says, that he probably thought he could be walking on water again, but he'll just settle to swim back to the shore. So he swims back to the shore, and he talks to Jesus, and he finds repentance at the shepherd. He finds repentance at the source of the voice. You will always find repentance in the voice of God. You will always find it if you obey, if you listen to it, and if you follow it. God knows you better than you think. He really does. There's, there's no one who knows me better than God. I think I know myself pretty good. I don't in, com- in the comparison of what God knows. Because not only does he know my past, I know my past. I know what I'm doing right now. But what I don't know is my future. I'll never know my future. That's tomorrow. That's a problem for future Colton. But God knows your future. God knows what you can do with your life. God knows the plans that he has for you. I don't know them. His thoughts are above my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. He's in control of it. So don't count yourself out because you're past. Don't disqualify yourself because of what you're doing right now. Just make the choice to listen to the voice of God. Jesus challenges Peter. He says, Simon, uh, Jesus renamed Simon into Peter. It means rock. And he goes back to his old name, Simon. Do you love me more than these guys? And, and Peter's like, I love you more than anything. So he's like, all right, feed my lambs. Jesus says again, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he says, yeah, Lord, you know I love thee. 
He says, feed my sheep. Jesus says it again a third time. Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? And he said to him a third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto them, Lord, thou knowest all things. I don't even know Peter. I don't think Peter knew what he was saying when he said it. I just think he's, it came out of his mouth. He says, you know all things. You know I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. God knows all things. Not a truer word out of Peter's mouth than God knows all things. And if Jesus asks you, do you love me? You better say, yes, I do. And God knows that too. But he needs you to make sure that you know it. That even through your mistakes, even through the times where you just didn't stack up to the mark, the mark that maybe you set for yourself or whatever the case may be, God knows all things. And if he's asking you to do something, it's because he knows that you can handle it and that you can do it. He even prophesies over them. He says that you're going to, you know, you're, you're, you know, clothing yourself. You're going where you want to go right now. In the future, that someone's going to be leading you around and you're going to be, you know, just a tool. You're just going to be carted off everywhere. You're going to be a martyr, basically. And after all that, he says, follow me. And Peter still follows him because he knows that God knows all things. So if he knows I can handle it, then that's probably why he's saying I can do it. There's a reason God's talking to you. There's a reason you've come in contact with this church. There's a reason that you've heard the word of the Lord. Because God knows that no matter your circumstances, no matter what your future holds, there's not a problem God can't solve. There's not a situation God can't get you out of. I'm walking, I'm a walking witness. I grew up in the church, but I still found myself out of the favor of God, out of the flock of God. But yet God would still call unto me and find me. And I wonder, God, why would you do it if you know I'm just going to mess up again? It's because I love you, Colton. You can handle it. You just got to keep on walking with me. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but don't let that stop your walk. The righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets up again. My, uh, Malachi said, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. Yea, though I fall, you will fall. I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. There's not a darkness out there that can't be, that can't be blotted out, you know, because the light of God will shine through every dark place. There's not a place you can go where it's too dark. God can still find you. David said, if I make my place in hell, you're there. If I ascend up to the heavens, you're there too. He's everywhere. He's all around you, and he's looking for you. He's looking for those lost sheep. Not, I'm not calling you all lost sheep. I just want you to know. <laughs> True repentance is what Peter did. And it's hearing the voice of the shepherd, going to him and obeying his voice. I, don't, I didn't have a lot today, but I just felt like it's a good reminder to have. I needed it. I, there might as well have been a mirror in front of me as I'm talking because I needed to hear it. Amen. Everyone else was just eavesdropping, so I hope you had a good time. But if we can just stand in the place, giving us a little bit of extra time to enjoy the rest of your day. We could knock out a few scriptures of, of 119 if you want to get started. I'll gladly. No? No? All right. Read it on your own time, I guess. But there's not a place you can't go. There's not a problem too small. There's not a mess that you've made that's too big to clean up. God is more than happy to help you clean it up. He is the answer to all problems. You thought Mr. Clean could clean something? Mm -mm. <laughs> and God probably has hair too. I don't know. I mean, the Bible said Jesus had hair, so. 
But let's pray real quick. Let's pray for, before I get into it, I just, something that came to me. Pray for the lost sheeps out there that you know. Pray, pray for yourself in the future because you know you're going to need And pray for our, our brothers and sisters out there who are finding those lost sheep. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the good shepherd, the shepherd that would give his life down for the sheep. And you did, God. I'm so grateful for the word, the word of wisdom, the word that if I hide my heart, I might not sin against you. It's that barrier. It's that covering. It's that protection. And your name is that strong tower where I can run into and be safe, God. There's not a place I can't go where your love can't find me, God. So I pray for all the lost sheep out there who need it, who need this word, who need to hear your voice again and come back into loving arms of the flock, God. I pray for a full flock in this end time revival that the church would be full, that the doors wouldn't be able to close, that the heavens would open up all the blessings in this last day, God. I pray for our brothers and sisters out in the world today and missionaries in four faraway countries, God, finding more sheep and bitten them into the flock, God. I pray for your hand of protection even as we lead today, God. And let us always know, have this understanding that you love us. You know all things, God. You know that we love you, God. And let us have assurance that you love us, no matter the problems. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.